Hello, Internet. This is Axe, and if you're listening to this, it's most likely a supplemental material to the Monster Hearts campaign I ran. That's, as I record this, uh, being released to the podcast and as a campaign. First off, uh, I'd like to thank all of you for your patience regarding things being sort of nebulous when it comes to backstories and setting details in the game. One of the major axioms you're told to work with when you sit down to GM a Monster Hearts game is to disclaim decision-making. In the context of the game, this is basically to not have a whole lot set in stone in terms of your game world, your NPCs, or even information about the PCs. This enables emergent drama, as questions about these things answered during gameplay will almost always have more interesting, and uh, more importantly, relevant, answers. Uh, But without some important context established during character creation, I've realized that it could render the narrative somewhat opaque. Two of the PCs starting with either spotty or non-existent memories of their pasts muddy the waters further. So if you're wondering to yourself, say, what sent back Rix, for example, remember that the answer to that question wasn't something that was decided before the game ever started. Uh, If any of you are tabletop players, you may already know what that uh, quote-unquote sessions for the purpose of character generation are often long, rambling affairs filled with asides, jokes, and other distractions, since there's no pressure to maintain continuity of role-playing or scene. Unfortunately, a large amount of the questions asked during Monster Arts character generation inform the setting and the character's relationship to both the setting and each other. So, let's go ahead and fix that shall we? It was always the intention of the campaign to take place in a spooky New England town. Some places may be a little backwards, or strange things happen, and either become part of local folklore, or hushed by sinister forces. Media like the Silent Hill series, The Wicker Man, and the work of H.P. Lovecraft, uh, The Shadow of Rinsmith in particular, uh, were a pretty large part of my inspiration. Uh, when I asked the players for anything additional they'd like to establish, they suggested a few things, the name Pottsfield for one. Uh, as the town was supposed to be religious, it was decided the PCs would attend a Catholic private school, complete with the uniforms, uh, and they posited that there was an upcoming Apple Harvest Festival. Uh, next, as is uh, you know, sort of the standard for Monster Hearts, I asked a few leading questions about the other students in their homeroom to populate the story with some NPCs right from the start. Now, in the interest of clarity, the stories of some of these guys and gals were only barely touched upon, while a few became vitally important to the story. It all really depended on who the PCs decided to interact with. We established that there was a girl named Carly, whose tendency to intrude in another's personal space uh, made her a little creepy. Jack was a bully whose victims included uh, Hrothgar. Michelle had ratted on Rix to the vice principal for peddling weed to avoid her own suspension. The Hill School was still wondering what the deal was with Cassidy's very public proposal to his girlfriend at lunch. Uh, Maria was a known uh, sort of Bible thumper that was very judgmental of Ren's appearance and demeanor. And finally, Romaine had sent some mixed signals to a guy named Raymond. Uh, see, he, he thought she was following him obsessively because uh, she had a crush on him. Uh, she was just making sure he wasn't the person that killed her. Uh, next up was the backstories. Uh, each skin has a question or two that establishes links between the PCs before play and starts up the initial supply of strings, the game's social currency. Uh, someone knew that Romaine was dead and how she died. Uh, it turns out that Ren was the person that stumbled upon her body after she died a confused death after being called out to the woods. She also revealed that she'd been watching Hrothgar as he slept. Ren's need for sympathetic tokens to work her magic ensured that she started with two from other PCs. She'd taken a necklace from Romaine's corpse, and had surreptitiously grabbed a tooth that had been punched out of Marcus's jaw during one of his many fistfights. Uh, unfortunately, Holly had seen her rooting through a corpse in the woods, even if she couldn't exactly tell whose it was. But so far, she'd kept quiet. Holly's vampiric allure ensured that she started with a string on everyone, but after she'd been bitten and left for the sun, Rix had stashed her in a dumpster, saving her on, on life. A makeout session with Rothgar, inspired by LSD, reminded Rix what love was, and it turned out that he'd tried to fend off the attack on Holly, but it died in the attempt, and she'd seen him come back to life, in order to save hers. And because the neighbor's life is nothing but cosmic hilarity and coincidence, it seemed that Maria 
had seen Rothgar watching her through their windows, since they are neighbors. Uh, lastly, as is often with the case with Infernals, Marcus owed a lot of debts. Uh, he owed one to his benefactor, the Butcher, for bringing him back from the dead after his family was killed by cultists. Uh, he owed a favor to Ren, since she had him hex Jack so that he could teach him a lesson. And it turns out that Rothgar was solely responsible for his passing composition class the previous year. Uh, it was also established that uh, Maria, who can apparently see the whatever darkness is inside Marcus, uh, thinks that she can save him. That's all the backstory the first session relies on. Uh, any more, you'll have to listen to find out. Uh, I hope you all enjoy it. <laughs>